Hello, everyone, and welcome to Listeners Beware, a podcast about all things Goosebumps. My name is Gary. And I'm Ashley. And this is episode number two. Stay out of the basement. Yes. This one, I believe, uh, in our last episode, we both alluded to the fact that this is a very special one for both of us, Uh, at least in terms of our childhood development. It made us who we are. (laughs) To an extent, yeah, actually. I mean... Come on, the, the the cover art alone. Yeah. Like, can we just like, just before we even get into the book and the TV, like just the cover art alone was as a kid, you see that hand wrapping around that like green plant monster hand and it's like, holy cow, what are we about to read? I know. I, I feel like this one and Night at Terror Tower are probably the two that like stick out in my memory the most as far as the covers go. Yeah. And also the Barking Ghost. <laughs> I feel like because I grew up in the uh, the South in Texas where we really don't do basements, <laughs> stuff like this really kind of colored my vision on basements, like my tone and attitude towards them. So when I got older and I moved to areas where there are basements, I'm like, whoa, whoa, no, I don't do basements. You're supposed to stay out of the basement. Right. Does nobody know this? You've never forgotten <laughs> that lesson. <laughs> I did not forget that lesson. <laughs> My my grandma had a basement. Uh, it was that was the only basement I was cool with though. Like anytime I went to someone else's house and I saw that they had a door to the basement, I'm like, nope, not going in there. That's where plant people live. I was sort of spoiled because the the basement that I grew up with had uh, the house was built on a hill, so the back side of the basement actually had a door, so it opened to the outside. So it never it didn't feel like a basement. It just felt like an extra floor. With no walls, you know? <laughs> so was it like a walkout basement or the basements that had those creepy, like, slanted opening doors, like the cellar door type things? Oh, definitely not a cellar door. No, it was it was a okay. walkout. Oh, okay. Just a regular door. Yeah. Those doors are extra creepy. I don't know what <laughs> horror movie I saw in my youth that, like, put that in my head. But I see those doors and I'm like, oh, hell no. Nothing good <laughs> will happen. Like nothing good comes from going through those doors. We just stay away from those. I've never seen cellar doors in real life. I don't think. Winchester Mystery Mansion has those in California, and you go to the original basement that has still has the original stone and furnace and everything. Really neat. It's actually really cool. Huge basement, but has those doors, and I'm like, oh yes, I'm terrified. <laughs> this is amazing. So. <laughs> So this basement did not have that. No. Instead of the basement, it was just a regular door that connected in the house is what they seem to describe it as. So, you and know. Apparently some windows that were crawlable. So crawlable. Kind of, kind of big windows, it seems. Yeah, to me, it uh, sounded like the old school basements. Uh, mm-hmm. It was described as like a California, or they were in California, but the description of the house felt more to me like an East Coast house. Because yeah. of the, the the window that's up towards the top of the basement uh, ceiling, or not ceiling, but wall mm-hmm. towards the ceiling. And then they, you know, she had to hoist herself up, climb out, and then so did Casey. So right. um, to me, that felt more of like an older East Coast home. But yeah, yeah. And then the, I think in the episode, it actually was changed to North, uh, New York. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think so. Um, in the book... They were in California because their dad's working at Polytechnic University. Uh, it was trying to place the time frame because they said it was unusually hot, but they had to get used to that for this time of year. It wasn't summer yet. So I was trying to figure out if it like maybe fall, winter or something. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe spring leading into it. But it, yeah, it, uh, yeah, it was weirdly descriptive because the first book, did it even say where they were at? I mean, it. I think it alluded to Midwest, but yeah, I, I think somewhere it said something about Michigan or Illinois or something. I don't remember. I'd have to, I'd, I'd have to re, yeah, <laughs> re look it up, reread it. But um, they were in the Midwest somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I noticed, I noticed an almost aggressive number of callouts in this book, like uh, RoboCop and Nintendo and things of that nature. I was like, interesting. And very dated. I think they were trying to make it relatable. Right. Um, more relatable so that we would connect to them 
as kids, no matter where you are, we have this like universal language at that age of games and movies and TV. Um, Because I think maybe if you keep it too generic, uh you it's harder for the kids to connect like well that's in the midwest that's not a kid like me or that's in california that's not a kid like me but by giving things that are a little bit more universal across what kids might enjoy or want i think that maybe kind of helps it the characters be more relatable yeah yeah and and the thing that i find interesting is that there are changes like i'm reading the the current version of these books, not as they were written in the nineties. And there are variation differences. I'm surprised that they didn't update. Cause like, for example, in the first book, the dates on the tombstones were updated to, you know, reflect current times. Uh, with this one, I'm surprised they didn't like update to reflect current movies or something at the time that the book was re-released. Yeah, I'm reading mine actually um, on the Internet Archive. Oh, really? It's, it's got the yeah, it's got the original books hmm. as they were published, and so um, the dates reflect the older dates in Welcome to Dead House. And then this one, I feel like I don't know what they changed if they changed anything for the re release republishing. Mostly verbiage it's in this the, one. Yeah, this felt older. So, yeah, <laughs> which I didn't mind because I lived it. Obviously, I do like I didn't know they were republishing them and updating them to be a little bit more current. Yeah. Um, I yeah. like that. So kids modern or current kids can relate to it. Right. Like they changed listening to tapes to listening to music and things that just sort of, you know, not major changes, but enough to uh, affect my 90s kid mood. <laughs> little refresh reboot for the younger generation, but to us, nostalgia geeks were like, no, how yeah. dare you? Nostalgia nerds. <laughs> yeah. Nostalgia um, nerds. Yeah. Or nostalgia nerds. It's really my brand. So like the first book was about shadow zombies. This one is kind of about plant Frankenstein. So I'm plant curious to see how, how else he rewrites classic, you know, monsters going forward. I like it though. Uh, you know, this one was released or first published July 1992, right? Yeah. And then the TV episode was about four years after that. It released during um, the first season, I believe. Yes. Uh, uh, episode 12 and 13. Yes. And so that's pretty close together from when a book is written to when it is made into a TV show or movies, even in today's time frame. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty four-year turnaround from when it was published isn't as common. So they were able, I think, to capture what was originally written a little bit more true to it without having to update it too much. Yeah, for for sure. Um, And this aired on Fox Kids, by the way. So it was a Fox series, at least for the first season. I I did a little bit of due diligence after our conversation last time and found that out. Look at you, nostalgic nerd. I love it. it. (laughs) (laughs) So... For you, when it comes to the book, what did you connect to most? Like, why did it pull you in most? I think just because I thought it was a really cool concept. You know, it's not it's not so much the dialogue. It's not really the, the sibling dynamic. It's not, um, it, it's the mystery around it. And even, even now, I've, I've read it several times as a kid, and I'd kind of forgotten... Like I remember the end game of it where there's two dads, but I couldn't remember exactly what that meant. And, um, and you know, rereading it, it was kind of fun. Re re unpacking everything. Um, what, what about for you? Oh man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think because there's so much to the story that kind of what we discussed on the last episode where like, I love that the main point of view is predominantly the, the daughter. It's mm-hmm. the girl, it's Margaret. Uh, you really only get Casey's point of view in one scene. And that's when it's kind of given a little bit of what's going on in the basement while Margaret's yelling for him. Right. And right. the plant gets him. Mm-hmm. Other than that, it's all Margaret. Yeah. And so I I liked that, especially as a kid, having another female protagonist made it a little bit more terrifying because it's like, Ooh, that could be me. I could be Margaret. Right. Uh, (laughs) My dad could be a plant person. He could be. I don't know. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) it's, it really was 
nice to have a scary book that did have the female protagonist, mm -hmm. but also, you know, as you go this journey with the characters, they go from being kind of obnoxious and annoying to a little bit more endearing, like throughout yeah. the story because they get serious. And that I feel like was a really good writing technique Yes, for R.L. Stein, like to, Thread in that seriousness for them so that you knew, oh, wait, they're not being as annoying. Oh, wait, they're actually getting along. <gasps> stuff serious. This is real. <laughs> <laughs> as real as you can with the plant Frankensteins. Well, of course. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, um, it's amazing to me how many beats from this book I remembered. Like it, it you know, chapter breaks, things like that. It just, it all kind of came rushing back. And if we're being honest, like, this feels much smaller scale than the first book. It's definitely just a few days and it's, it's very small group. I mean, there's not many external characters besides Diane and the mom who is sort of there sometimes, but it's and Mr. It's, Martinez and Mr. Martinez. Yes. But predominantly it's the, the three characters, which makes it feel small. Yeah, it, it it definitely was a small point, a short frame of short points in time. What are words? I know what they are. I can use them. <laughs> I do it this sometimes. A, sometimes, it was a smaller time frame, definitely. Right. And but in that same token, in that same vein, it was a small time frame, but he filled it so well. Yeah, yeah, he did. You go throughout the entire day, morning, you know, afternoon, night, middle of the night. And so it felt a lot bigger than it was, even though it really was taking place over the course of maybe a few days. Right. With the exception, I wasn't quite sure of the time frame between when he yelled at them at the beginning to stay out of the basement mm -hmm. and then when mom had to leave. It, I felt like it was implied it had been a while. Right. I think she said something like, too, like, we haven't been in since – he yelled at us, but I wasn't, I don't remember if she referenced like days or weeks. So you're right. Yeah. And I mean, clearly it was a while because the mom, you know, at one point called and said, you know, I got to be here with your, with your, uh, what your aunt, aunt a little longer, aunt a little longer. Yeah. So yeah. aunt, 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 uh, potato, potato, tomato, tomato. Let's call the whole thing off. But yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it feels small, but there are gaps. And, and sometimes I, I feel like, I don't know. It's, it's moments like that where I'm like, I feel like RL sort of slipped a little bit here or something, you know, it just feels like a detail that if I'm stopping to think about it, it feels like it's missing. <laughs> What do you mean, like filling in that gap or like the time frame or yeah, how, just, how just the throwaway line about the time, like the, the amount ah. of time lapsed because I do. And I guess probably as a kid, I didn't care about that. But as an adult, it sometimes I'm like, all right, what are we talking here? How long has this been going on? How long has dad been weird? If the police come to my house, I need to have answers. <laughs> how long has dad been weird? I love that. <laughs> well, dad's always been weird, but weirder. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, that's a good point because I guess you can look at that and say, is that line necessary to mm -hmm. drive the story? Is it throwaway or is it important? And if you're going to do it, don't like half step it. So if it's like, I'm going to say it's been a while, maybe be specific. Like it's been two weeks, three weeks, a month or whatever right. to give us an idea. Like you said, of how long has dad been weird? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's that, that's, that's me sort of nitpicking at, a uh, pretty tight story otherwise at a children's book. Yeah. That, that too. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Children's books can be just as great as, as you know, anything else. So oh, yeah. Yeah. I do like that. He took the mom away earlier because she is the comfort character. She is a safe character. She is the character of like protection. Cause dad's been weird for a while. So no one's relying on dad. Right. And so then to be like, Mom's gone. It's like, oh my gosh, who's going to take care of them? And <laughs> I actually caught myself asking, like, I actually asked myself during the reading it, like, who's getting groceries? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mom's gone for a while. 
dad's in the basement all the time and he's weird. He's not doing much. Like, who's actually out buying groceries? Yeah, there's no Uber Eats at this time. <laughs> there's no Instacart. So what exactly? How's this machine rolling? Yeah, that's a good point. It's Diane. Diane's doing it all. Diane's being a best friend and a mom to these kids. I mean, they did go to Diane's a lot and she ate really good food at Diane's, like it's tomato true. soup and who, whatever else. That's true. That was such a random thing to add to. I feel like <laughs> of all the details that you could share, she's like, and we had lunch. I had tomato soup and a salad. And it's just like, what? That's, that's where you can't tell us how long dad's been weird, but you can't tell us what she ate. <laughs> In like a mon afternoon montage. No, you're right though. I mean, that's that's a weird, but it's kind of like a child's brain, right? It, it's just <laughs> it's like true. I'm going to ramble on and on about this lunch that I had that you don't care about, but I want to tell you about it. But I don't remember how long Dad's been weird. Right. <laughs> it's called trauma. Um, <laughs> For sure, <laughs> it's I, called trauma. You know, I did find it interesting in the book. She mentioned that she talked to Diane about how, you know, things were weird with what was going on with her dad. I liked that they put that in because you sometimes, especially as an adult, we read these and it's like, why aren't you telling the police? Why are they keeping it to themselves? Right. And it's like in the book, he thought about that because it's like, no, I told Diane and Diane's like, you she said, you should call the cops. And it's like, what do I tell them? Right. <laughs> this minor moment that That's I good. think really yeah, it did round out like the logic of why aren't these kids doing this? Right. No, that's that's true. I, I kind of breezed past that, but that's a really good point. Yeah, and you know the because the kids are twelve and eleven, right? If I uh, recall correctly, I think so. And and I think they were similarish age and welcome to Dead House. So mm -hmm. I feel like he's hitting this very specific demographic. He wants to get the uh, the preteens. Right. the tweens and um and i guess yeah you know it's it's that age where some kids are like called 911 and some kids are like i don't know what to do it really is that between age how right. do we handle this right so right yeah they're not I mean, wise as an adult, or... i wouldn't know how to handle it no no I, that, that's true <laughs> that's a good point if suddenly my dad started sprouting leaves i would probably not call the cops but I would go talk to Diane. That's what I would do. I talked to Diane. I know, right? You talk to the one who calls your dad a mad scientist. Right. <laughs> and it must be a smallish town. Like my dad said at the cells, you know, this guy walked in and told him all about your dad. And it's like, is California near Polytechnic that small? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's Maybe. where I feel like. I feel like that's where RL grew up in a small town and has that sort of mentality no. but then it's like oh we're writing for a whole nother you know cultural <laughs> demographic here <laughs> we're in a completely different place yeah. i don't think it's as small as you think it is but maybe but as, it was back then as a kid the of a small town i related so i mean same i yeah. grew up in a small town too so it didn't phase me until later when i'm like hold on polytechnic <laughs> that's not a small okay sure yeah. well maybe it's a small community perhaps perhaps Perhaps. Okay. So then with the, the TV episode. Yes. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about that? Like, did you like it? What, what do you think? I felt better about it than the last one. But I think it, your face says a lot right now. <laughs> I, I think, think this is an audio podcast. <laughs> All right. How are we judging this? Are we judging this on quality? Because it was definitely better quality than the last one in terms of the way that it looked. Maybe YouTube heard our complaints last episode, even though it hasn't officially aired yet. And, and they upresed it for us. Or are we talking about the quality of the episode or are we talking about the acting? Because the acting was horrible. I actually think the kids did a better job acting than the adults. Or maybe not. Maybe they did exactly what they were supposed to. I don't know what the director, like their direction was in no. terms of this is how I need you to sell it and deliver it. So maybe it's unfair and I'll walk it back to say that <laughs> that might have been the direction they were given to, I don't, yeah. you know, deliver it in that manner. But it definitely felt like it was reaching, like it was delivered forced. Yeah. <laughs> it was a forced delivery. Um it was reaching like a vine. 
I think st- <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we could do break it in two. In standalone episode, if you hadn't read the book, how would you feel about that TV episode? I don't know, young me or current me? Both. <laughs> I think young me would have liked it. I think current me thinks it's stupid. <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> Uh, fair because, because that's like, fair what makes it stupid <laughs> i you know it, it, i don't know I, I didn't love it and i'm not exactly sure why i don't know if it was because of how much i you know appreciate the source material or if i just uh, i mean it wasn't made for me right it wasn't made for someone in their 30s to <laughs> watch and um you know appreciate i don't think for me i just kind of got stuck with the bad graphics and the not great acting (laughs) from from uh the dad or really the kids or anyone i think casey did okay he did fine he had like 12 words the whole episode so he was all right i think compared to the rest of them maybe their performances made him look stellar (laughs) (laughs) When he was really okay, which speaks to theirs. Oh gosh, I sound so mean. Dad, I hope we never meet these people. I don't think Um, we will, but you never know. You never know. (laughs) We should be careful. I don't know. We've got we've got Canadian actors as friends. They might know these people. (laughs) They might. So I I guess as a standalone, I don't like it. I don't like it a lot because it felt rushed <laughs> and there's a lot of storyline not there. I think that we're yeah. able to view it with the luxury of having read the book. So we actually know yeah. a lot more of the details. So when we watch the TV episode, we fill it in with the mm-hmm. knowledge we already have. Right. But if I look at it as just a person who's never read the book, there's a lot they left out from the story, from the background, from the relationships that – I think makes it really, really, really superficially incomplete. Oh, you're um, right. And and Diane, the voice of reason, is completely a MIA in the TV episode. Yeah, they threw her lines in onto into Margaret's lines. Like mm-hmm. she's calling her dad a mad scientist. She's asking the questions that Diane had asked and the information Diane had given to them. And so I don't I just, I didn't like they got rid of Diane. They didn't have her in there. I don't right. see why they named Dr. Martinez, Dr. Merrick. Like, I I have a theory uh, because Dr. Martinez is a very Spanish name. Uh, is it racism? I think it's Canadian. Honestly, because I, I think that this was made for Canadian crowds and I don't know how many, you know, people uh, named Martinez exist in Canada. That's just that's that's my theory. I don't know if it's accurate or not. I think it's stupid that they changed the name, but you know, it's best I got. It's it's a better theory than I, I had no theory. I'm just like, what was the point of that? Um, yeah, yeah. I think my biggest glaring problem is the same one I had from the last one: is that we are taken away so many details that really were important. They were Mm -hmm. really important to the storyline and things were jumbled out of order. That I think drove me nuts out of everything else in the episode is that it was all out of order. It was very. So it kind of didn't make sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. It could have been much better, but it did give perhaps my favorite line. I want to know. Whenever the the one kid says, you're not a mad scientist, are you? And the dad replies, no, I'm an angry scientist. Oh, yes. I was like, what? What in the world? I stood up. I applauded. I took my cowboy hat off and threw it in the air. Fired a couple guns into the sky. You know, the typical reaction to that sort of behavior. Uh, No, it was was, was like, yeehaw. (laughs) You're from Texas, you know. Um, Of course. Yeehaw. I no, I I, th- I thought it was super funny. 
I just hate how much they changed the dad. Yeah. Like he's, yes, he's angry. Yes, he's stiff. Yes, he's awkward in the book, which is, I think it's not like homicidal plant. It's <laughs> I'm learning to pretend to be human so that you don't know I'm a plant. Right. Whereas in the TV show, it really did give off like I'm a maniac. I am a homicidal plant. I am all these things. And yeah. it's just like, hold on. That's not what it was. That's just a plant trying to figure out how to be human and protect its secrets and being stiff and awkward and almost robotic. And the dad in the movie, it's like he's going to, you know, slit his children's throats at any point. And it's just like, I don't think that's this. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I I noticed that juxtaposition in the character, too, and it it doesn't feel right. Yeah, I wish we had gotten a little bit more of the story in certain aspects into the TV show, even if they're going to jumble things out and, you know, yeet Diane out of the story. Like, if we could have at least had some of the aspects that were in there, like, um, for example, them slowly finding uh, Dr. Martinez's stuff. So then dad has to lie to them and they're like, is he, is he not? Is Mm -hmm. he lying to me? Like that slow build of trust. Yeah. Yeah, whereas in, in the episode, it's the wife calls Mrs. Uh, not Martinez. And Mrs. she's like, Mrs. Merrick. Mrs. Yeah, Mrs. Not Merrick. Martin. She's like, We're going to go with Mrs. Not Martinez. Mrs. Not Martinez. <laughs> this is like sea dolls. I'm not good with names. You're not by the, the way. Martinez's you're looking for. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, yeah, whenever she, uh, in the TV thing, I struggle to call it an episode. <laughs> In the in the TV Thanks. portion, <laughs> in the TV crash known as the episode, <laughs> the TV crash. <laughs> yeah, she's like she calls and leaves a voicemail that says, "My husband never came home," which is a pretty damning piece of ev- evidence that the dad can't exactly, or I'm sorry, plant dad can't exactly cover up. So, and then Frankenplant Dad, Frankenplant. <laughs> That's Mister Frankenplant Dad. But then they find they find Mr. Merrick's stuff under the bed, right? Rather than in the basement. It was just the wallet. Did the dad drop the wallet? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So that felt stupid. Which, yeah, like they didn't build up until late. Like in the book, it was a different build up. You know, they find parts of his clothing and they buy dad's lie. Mm-hmm. But then they find the wallet hidden behind the cabinet while they're looking for kites. And it's just like that was a harder sell. That was a harder, like, Oh man, dad is lying to us. This is awful. This is terrible. What do we do? Well, of course we pry open the door where the moaning and groaning is coming from, which by the way, has been your dad this whole time. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, the question of, of how long this went on is important because we don't know how long dad went without presumably eating. Dad said days. In the book and Dad the TV said days. episode. Oh, that's right, yeah. He said, I've been locked in here for days, which, so their dad was being a terrible monster because, you know, we did see him yelling at them and being a certain way towards them and locking them out if it was only days. Right. So really, plant dad and real dad were kind of birds of a feather. They well, were both being jerks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's a good point. But I mean, also, he was under stress. I don't know why I'm going to the defense of bad dad. I won't. I, I will not go to the defensive plant, Dad. I do not agree with him. Well, he's Doctor Franken Dad, and then we have Doctor <laughs> Franken Plant Dad. So right, right, yeah, too many dads. <laughs> you can never have enough dads in their house because neither of their dads want to help. That's true. That, that's, that's maybe true. they should have worked together. They should have. Plant Dad and Bad Dad become mediocre Dad. <laughs> That's Maybe some, that's some real dad math. That is dad math. I don't like that math. <laughs> I just, you know, here's the thing. Their real dad wasn't a hero in this. Like even by his yeah. own explanation, when he says I, you know, was accidentally creating plants with hands and arms and faces and whoops. And I just kept throwing them in the closet. My bad. Right. Like that was the real dad doing that. Yeah. And plant dad was just, you know, trying to grow people. Right. Of, I don't I don't know actually. They never said what Plant Dad was actually trying to do. I think he was just trying to survive. That was that was my theory. He was, you know, just well yeah, but to what end? 
You know, I'm, what's I'm the arguing with myself survival? Here. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. What's, no, I think he was trying to create a plant family. Right. It's the whole, you know, because he can't go do proper pollination because of how he was made. So it's like he was trying to feed the kids something weird. Was True. he trying to turn them into plant kids or use their DNA to create plant kids? That would have been cool, but that would have required an awkward like exposition scene in the basement where plant dad's like, you figured me out. Well, you remember what I tried uh-huh. to feed you? I was trying to make you my plant children. And then <laughs> when your mom came home from the airport, <laughs> so on and so forth. Or he's trying to take over their bodies because remember Frank and dad, the real dad said that the reason he was growing green stuff out of his head was because the plant material also mixed with him. True. So... Maybe it's I give the kids the plant material and they start turning into plant children, right. which I think that's where they were going with with that. He just kind of left that as a plot hole. He left that thread kind of right. dangling. So right. tis, tis, RL. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Speaking of plot holes, TV show. Yeah. Not once does she mention being called princess or fatso, does she? Oh, that's true. Uh does she mention it? Yeah, she does at the very beginning. She's Does she say it to mom about She says princess? it to mom. She's like, he doesn't call me princess anymore. And her mom's like, well, you okay. hate that. And then it, that's right. And then at the end, she's like, princess, yeah. princess. And I'm like, that's all it takes. But yeah. um, I really wish they kept that scene in, by the way. Uh, they built it up more in the book, the princess and the fatso thing. Yeah. And so it, it was important for her to, you know, pause and not kill her real dad. Right. And, <laughs> but I, I did like in the book how it was like her, her smart, again, being a smart kid mm-hmm. that we forget that's a thing or we don't realize, Hey, that was really actually brilliant to be like, cut him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see which one bleeds green. And you know, when dad chops Frankenplant in half and she's like, wow, ew, there's goo and no bones. And he's an actual stem. It's like, okay, that really was. Because I'm not going to lie. When the real dad cuts plant dad, I'm like, maybe that was real dad. But then it's like, oh, his whole body is made of a stem. Okay, maybe not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the The book finalizes it a little. Well, I don't know. I guess whenever you spray weed killer, which is the TV version of killing plant dad, you spray weed killer on him and then he just melts like Actually, like we wanted to see in the last episode. Exactly. And what the heck? They yeah. had the budget for that. Right. <laughs> uh, maybe they lost money. Because we have to remember, these are filmed out of order. So it was season two, which may not have had quite the budget of season one. RL did say that this was one of the first episodes that he wanted to produce because this is one of his favorite stories. So he wanted to make sure that it got an episode treatment if they never got a season two. Was he happy with the final product? I have no idea, but. I mean, looking at it from a a 90s lens, this was great. This was great production value. This was more advanced than what we were seeing at that point in time in a lot of ways. So not to discredit that. We look at it now from our modern, you know, lens and it's just like, oh, God, that was awful. But back (laughs) in the 90s, this was actually pretty decent. Yeah. Um, Stuff was delivered in an acting manner in that way, kind of over the top and forced. And it just, it felt that way back in the nineties and we were totally fine with it. But now that, you know, we're older and we see what real good acting is, it's just like, I'm just kidding. That was mean. Uh, <laughs> it, it definitely is a little harder to swallow. Sure. Now my kids brought up a really good point when we were watching this, cause they're watching this, these with me. Mm-hmm. Um, as they're holding the weed killer, because of course, you know, it's deviated from the book on how they're going to kill dad. Um, my son of all, of all of them is like, why don't they just spray both of them? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, why don't they just spray both? Won't the real one stay alive and the the plant one won't. And I'm like, yeah, that's a really good point. I'm not sure the person who wrote the script thought about that. Like, <laughs> When it's like, this is a budget-friendly way to test it. And it's just like, eh. Yeah. That's... What if you just spray both of them with weed killer? See what happens. <laughs> Kudos to your son. That's a good call. Um, the only the only thing is, it might kill both of them eventually. The dad dies from cancer related to being sprayed with weed spray. 
you know, 30 years later, but, but, um, that would have been a quick way. But at least you'll out. know in the moment. Exactly. Exactly. You know, you <laughs> killed the right dad. Oh, there's no correct way to say that. <laughs> there's really no good way to say that. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. And uh, although maybe, because maybe the implication is with the plant mixing with their real dad and he had the green stuff surrounding out of his head, it might've still hurt him because he is still partially plant. Well, that is true. So yeah. That might have actually still hurt him because his skin was even a greenish color. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it may not have killed him, but he wouldn't have felt great. <laughs> right, no doubt, no doubt. Um, that's that's a good point too. Um, that I wondered why they didn't do the the blood the to testing for blood, and I guess it's just because they probably couldn't get away with that on you know the show. Uh, because I do believe that what they were able to show in terms of content may have been restricted. I sort of said that last time too. And I think that's going to continue to be a thing. Anytime that there's blood or anything like that, we're probably going to run into issues with the show, but then they showed the dad washing what was clearly a gaping wound leaking out green goo. And I was like, well, if they can show that, then surely they could show him getting jabbed and leaking green. Maybe I maybe you know from the '90s lens, maybe it wasn't a blood thing so much as it was the violence. A maybe. kid cutting their parent That's was true. probably the issue versus like bleeding, like it's already there. Um, versus this kid just took a knife and actually, yeah, that, you know, slashed their parent. That's a good point, and that would be a problem now nowadays too. Yeah, kid violence. Apparently, it's never been okay for kids to slash their parents. I mean. Goosebumps, it, you know, was listed as the 15th most frequently challenged book in the 90s. Really? So, yeah, like a, a lot of people tried to get Goosebumps out of school libraries. They mm. said it was violent and carried um, occult and demonic themes. So I imagine if that was just like the books being challenged, I, I'm sure with TV that was even more so because reading also visually depicting right. maybe. right. Oh, I mean, remember how much people lost their minds over Furbies? Of course they're going to challenge this. They should have. Those things are freaky. I agree 100%. But if that was a problem, then definitely someone whose dad is a plant monster is going to be a problem. And Furbies are coming back. I don't like that. I don't like that either. I heard one in the middle of the night at 3 a.m. in my brother's room go, yum. And I'm like... What is it eating? (laughs) (laughs) My brother's asleep. Nothing's near it. And all I just hear is yum. And that was the last time you saw your brother. No, that's when I took his Furby the next day and hit it. (laughs) (laughs) This is not going to be a thing. Nope. Yeah. Well, this is, this is your own goosebumps. The Furby that ate everyone. That's a nope in my house. That's like a, a banned item. <laughs> I'm challenging that item. Furbies are a hella nope in my book. Can I tell you one thing that I love that the TV episode did that the book did not do? What's that? A change they made. So in the book, at the end, she's on the steps and it's one yellow flower that says, you know, hey, Margaret, I'm your dad. Mm-hmm. Help, help me. I'm your dad. And it's just like, oh, no, is that her dad? Like, as a kid, you're supposed to question, oh, did he get turned into this little yellow flower? Mm -hmm. Maybe. I don't know. But I like in the TV show, they did not leave that open for interpretation because it was all the red flowers saying, no, I'm your dad. No, I'm your dad. No, wait, I'm your dad. And so it's like, okay, none of them are her dad. But it was kind of an ominous, fun thing, right? Mm -hmm. Because they're sentient enough to know who she is who her dad is and kind of go from there. And that was, that's still scary, right? You have all (laughs) these plants that are aware enough to know who she is and who her dad is. And they're like trying to trick her. And I'm like, Ooh, that's even scarier to me. (laughs) No, that's really cool. I'm fun. And, and yeah. And and she's got to live in this house forever surrounded by dad plants. So heck no, we're going for the weed killer. (laughs) Dad plants. Well, now she's got a lot of dads. Maybe yeah. now we've upgraded to high level dad, not mediocre dad. <laughs> this dad's not going to yell at her. This but dad's going to call her princess. I did. <laughs> and this and dad's going to. Yeah, this dad's going to call her fatso. He's a bad dad. 
bad dad. Bad dad. I mean, at least plant dad tried to feed them. True. (laughs) I mean, to what end, we don't know. But yeah, at least he was trying to be responsible. I mean, worst case scenario, let's follow that for a moment. He turned them into (laughs) plants. Right. (laughs) Because that's going to, the plant material is going to start taking over and he turns them into plants. He's probably going to take better care of them as plants, plant kids, than the real dad did. (laughs) That's true. But think about whenever she grows up and she uh, falls in love with a landscaper. <laughs> Is he gonna Dad's not going to like That's that. That's weird. <laughs> well, I... Dad's not going to like that. He's got a fertilizer. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, okay. I didn't Dirty raise... jokes aside. <laughs> I, there's got to be, oh, dirt jokes. <laughs> I was like, there's got to be a joke here. And I'm like, oh, it's the most obvious one. Um, the, the obvious yeah. Low-hanging fruit. I didn't. Uh. Oh, see what I did there. I see. I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> now, going back to the scientist part, which which basement setting did you like better? Because in the book, it's a very bright, bright UV plant lights. In the TV show, it's the dark green, ominous, like, black light room. I think, I think it works better for the TV show. Like... Uh, to me, the the book setting makes more sense. But if you're going for haunting and spooky, I think you know the darker setting works. And also, everything was sort of a lime green in the '90s, so it, it fit the color palette of then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. What about you? I no, I agree. I was thinking about that and um, just like trying to visualize how that would have looked like in a TV show. If it was the bright, you know, sterile kind of super UV lights. And it's like, yeah, that would have been obnoxious for them, but it wouldn't have been as scary. Right. And for us as 11 and 12 year olds, we probably wouldn't have been watching that and been like, ooh, spooky. Is the plant going to grab them? Right. Like it just looks like, you know, you're going into the grocery store. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, you're right. Uh, the, The thing also is that, on the book cover, I'm pretty sure that the light behind the hand is dark, you know, coming out of the, the basement. So to me, so that more fits the mood. Um, yeah. But Tim, so it's interesting because this is one of two book covers that Tim Jacobus did not do for Goosebumps. And hmm. in the 2003 re-release, it's uh, a bright room with the, like the dad as a plant monster. I think it definitely changes the 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 vibe a little bit yeah i think that the the re-release with the dad and the plant monster isn't as exciting Mm. it it gives away it's like seeing the monster uh when someone gives you the monster it's not as scary as what you can imagine yourself so by them putting the illustration of what it looks like then it's like oh that's kind of comical yeah it's actually kind of cute maybe i don't know (laughs) i haven't decided but when you like the original cover, when it's just the hand, you don't see the rest of the monster. So we have to fill in the rest with our imagination. And as kids, oh, we I are did. way scarier. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. way more terrifying than not see it. Right, right. And if I'm being honest, I think one of my big disappointments when initially reading the book was that the dad never had that form. You know, <laughs> he never had the the completely green body. Yeah, you didn't get to see Plant Dad all the way. No. I like that they implied for a while that Mr. You know, Plant Dad killed Mr. Martinez, but then you know they really can't do that in a kids' book. So later, it's like, oh, he's in the closet with Dad. He's not killed, and so that's okay. It's still right. kid safe. It's still kid friendly. How'd you feel about the bed of worms? Uh, I mean, like, <laughs> it sticks with you, right? Like that's something yeah. that, yeah, it's creepy, um, and I don't love it. <laughs> I like that they showed it. Yeah. I know I yeah. just said leaving stuff to the imagination, but I feel like they held back a little. They pulled that punch a little in the book because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's all dirt. Oh, wait, there's stuff moving. Oh, my gosh, there's worms. Right. And in the TV episode, it's all worms. It's, it's all, all worms. gross, squirmy, wormy, and it's like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> so last thoughts on Stay Out of the Basement. Would you recommend the book or would you recommend the TV show or both or none? Uh, I, yeah, I would definitely recommend the book. Um, TV show, I'm a little more on the fence about, but uh, let me ask you, because I, I feel like your answer is going to be the same. So let me ask you, how did it hold up to your kids? What did they think? 
as as kids in this current time? I mean, they wanted to watch the next one. Okay. So there you go. They it, apparently it's still relevant to yeah. the younger demographic because they are 11 and 12 and right. four. So they're right in that range. And after watching that, they're like, that was fun. Let's watch the next one. So. And I think that's cool that, you know, like they grew up in a time where graphics are sufficiently better and they're still sort of captivated by it. Like they've seen Iron Man fly. <laughs> You know, they've watched <laughs> Miles Morales and all the things that happened with Marvel. Oh, so, like, goodness. yes, they have high. I wouldn't say they have high expectations, but they have experienced the more higher quality mm-hmm. um, stuff just by technology improving, and they still enjoyed this episode. So, right. Well, it's it's digestible horror for kids, and I think that that goes a long ways. And they want to watch the next one. So I'll let you know. Maybe that'll be a thing for the upcoming episodes. I'll tell you how they perceive yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. Get get their take. Uh, that was just their their take was, can we watch the next one? So <laughs> good enough. They liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, as an adult and as someone who's recently read the book, maybe yeah. it's a little better if you spread the books apart from the episode, but because I'm reading, rereading, because I've already read these, rereading these and rewatching so close in time frame, I think I'm probably coming in with a harsher scrutinizing lens. Right. But it is what it is. Well, I wonder if we should, I wonder if we should try something. I wonder if we should watch the episode first and then read the book, like do a flipperoo and see if it changes any sort of, it won't, I guarantee you it won't, but it, it'd be an interesting, uh, theory. <laughs> Let's do it. Next episode is monster blood. Monster cough, blood. cough, cough listeners. Monster blood's coming up. So <laughs> <laughs> our challenge is we will watch monster blood first and then reread monster blood after. And I believe this is another two-parter, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, I-, I will be very curious to see what sort of quality we're getting whenever each book becomes 22 minutes instead of 44. Yeah, that's true, because they're already cutting down stuff a lot to see like what that even further becomes. I'm down. Let's do it. Watch it first. Read it second. So Monster Blood is Season 2, Episode 15 and 16. So we're jumping back into Season 2 again. So we'll see how the quality of this one is compared to uh, this season one episode. I I don't have high hopes, but (laughs) we'll see what happens. We'll see how the acting delivers. I'm just (laughs) going to start blaming the director. You delivered this. Yeah, this is on you, guy. So until next time, where can people find you? I'm glad you asked, Gary. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me behind door number three. At three haunted podcasts. You like what I did there? Oh, that's good. So, <laughs> so you can find us on any of the podcast streaming networks under three haunted podcasts. Three haunted is all one word. And we talk about all things that give you goosebumps. And if you want things that are a little less spooky, but still very nostalgic, find me at Wax Nostalgic Network uh, through podcasts, through YouTube, through all the things. So (laughs) all the things you heard it. Yeah. Head on over, like, and subscribe, hit those follow buttons. We're amazing. We're awesome. And so are our podcasts. Yes. And our listeners, if we have any yet. Um, I don't know why I looked at my watch when I said that. (laughs) Cause it's time. We have some (laughs) 6, 14 PM time for listeners. Yeah. Tell them what they want, Gary. (laughs) Another episode. <laughs> but how can they contact us? We have an uh, we have an email address now. It is listenersbewarepodcast at gmail.com. So shoot us an email, drop us a line, uh, other word for email us, and do it. <laughs> I'm such a good salesman. <laughs> And don't forget to join us in two weeks for Monster Blood. Until then, I'm Ashley. And I'm Gary. Until next time. I noticed that juxtaposition in the character, too, and it it doesn't feel right. You used my favorite word, juxtaposition. (laughs) 
Rawr. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> I'll try to remember that. I'll try to remember that. I'm going to get a shirt that says juxtaposition. <laughs> hey, Ashley, you're looking very juxtaposed today. <laughs> Compared to what? You know, the other time I saw you. <laughs> Of course. Say it again, but say it slower. Juxta. <laughs> that sounded scary. Are you sure you're not a plant person? <laughs> On the record? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was funny. I just have so many plant jokes for you. Okay. So I will get almost none of them. I think you might. What did the boy plant say to his girlfriend? I don't know. I'll never leave you. Aww. Because <laughs> if you do, I will vine you. <laughs> oh. Oh, that got creepy, that, right? That's, that's a multi-layered joke. <laughs> I don't know how to unmount from that, though. <laughs> Back to dirt tea jokes. That? You can't say mount and not go to dirt e jokes. I know, I know. How does a flower whistle? By using its two lips? <laughs> oh. Oh, but um, <laughs> <laughs> Tell them what they won, Gary. <laughs> Another episode. <laughs> but how can they contact us? Yeah. Uh, pull it up. That's what she what said. What she said. Uh huh. She sure did. <laughs> she sharded? Yeah, that too. That's not good. Do you suffer from incontinence? <laughs> <laughs> no, I only live on one continent. Ah, oh, but I'm <laughs> <laughs>